Well, I think it's because, you know what they say, John, it's a small world. After all. After all, like that, <laughs> that creepy Disney ride. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that, that you're obligated to take the kids on in Disney. Oh, that song I sticks with loved, you. I loved Disney when I was a, a young man, and okay. I loved it when we took our small kids. But when I think of all of the mantras, remember the uh, General Electric Circle of Life? Now is the time. <laughs> now is the no. time. Oh, you never went on it? No, no, this no. Is the best time of <laughs> your yeah. life. Well, at least that's and a you, positive message. Well, it is, but you know, now knowing what I know about Disney, it was probably yeah. subliminal seduction saying, you know, do something nefarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get now, close, get close with your local pastor. Yeah. Now, my um, interesting, I don't know if I should tell this story. Okay, I'll tell it. So, married with two kids, and I'm going to Disney, right? And my father-in-law approaches me, and he says, listen, if you take her, and he nods to my mother-in-law, on the trip with you, now, I didn't get away much. He goes, I'll pay for half your trip. Because you know how expensive Disney is, right? Of course it is. Uh, with all due respect, may she and he rest in peace, my yeah. ex-in-laws. Yeah. You did not know what a handful my mother-in-law was. You so I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a commitment. Yeah, I wouldn't make a commitment. I go, listen, I have to sleep on this. Because it's a tremendous amount of money. But dealing with her, you know, on a traveling basis was a tremendous commitment. So I actually didn't sleep all night. I was just laying in bed going like this. Yes, no, what could happen? What could go wrong? You mean before you went? Before I went. So I said, you know what? Listen, how many people really offer you to pay for half your trip? You know? So yeah. I said, I called him up. I said, hey, Pop. I said, I'll do the deal. And he just started giggling and laughing, chuckling. He goes, like, he knew I would. Yeah, of course. And uh, it did turn out to be the trip from hell. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hey, Phil, when you go, you're taking her with you. But she ain't coming back. <laughs> she ain't coming back. No, no, no. And uh, so that was funny talking about it. That was my Disney. And the stories I could tell you off of that trip, but I will not. And uh, I won't go there. Now, the reason we were talking about It's a Small World, first of all, if you're from Jersey, hmm. And maybe, I don't know if it's Italians, John, but if you're from Jersey and you're Italian, you're connected with people I probably, we don't even know, right? Yeah. So last night, I had to go to a, a wake for a very dear friend who I hadn't seen in years, but it's somebody I grew up next to, mm -hmm. you know, as a kid. And you Did know, they live near you or right next door? Right next door. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a great guy. And the thing about me and this friend, which I told you the story, yeah was we had the exact same birthday, yeah. all right? right, the exact same year, right. day and year. We lived right next to each other on the same street. Both our mothers were from Italy, mm. okay? And they were the same town in Italy. And they were exactly alike. So you'd think we'd have a lot in common, right? We could build a, a friendship. Uh, we had nothing in common. He was a great guy. Uh, yeah, right. Everybody because liked him. I had nothing in common with my brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he was a great guy. And the funny part is, you had a connection to him. I, right. I, so so uh, to, to kind of just keep the story going, this is how you just never know, right? Mm -hmm. My cousin, who is, I guess, my second cousin, she's my father's first cousin's daughter. 
we grew up together, but they didn't live in the same town. Hmm. We didn't see them but for, like, affairs, that kind of thing. Are you talking about Tony? Yeah. Tony, yeah. and I met your cousin Tony for the first time. Yeah. Tony, and if you're watching this episode, it was a pleasure meeting you. What an outstanding young lady she is. Looking forward to, looking forward the, to the. You got the silent Scooby Doo laugh out of me. Yeah, on that, one. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to meeting her again, like the, so we can go out for yeah. a nice dinner. The so three, she's four the hours. one who I think sent me a text. She goes, Johnny. She goes, mm. she goes, you knew so and so. She sent me the obituary listing, and I went, oh my god. I, Oh, geez, how, how terrible. Make a long story short. She's going to fly in from out of state. I said I was going. All of a sudden, I knew you would probably be going because yeah. he was your dear friend and your next door neighbor. Sure. The interesting thing is when Phil left that town to come to the town I grew up in, he was my next door neighbor. <laughs> neighbor to neighbor. He's unbelievable. The, he's got the same birthday as, unfortunately, this great guy that was yeah. a, an unbelievable artist, well-known, oh. renowned. Who is deceased? Phil, next door neighbor, best friend, same exact birthday. Then he moves it, and he's my best friend in high school, oh, yeah. right next door to me. And then it turns out when I go to the wake, I find out I'm related to him. I, I, I kind of suspected from the old stories, but the yeah. old timers are all gone now. So I, I kind of suspected it, but last night confirmed it that I'm... Related wow. to the deceased. Wow. But my cousin Tony Ann, who was there, is also related, just a bit closer. And then when I got home, the three of us went out to a diner afterwards, and we didn't know where the diner was. It was two driveways away. <laughs> so uh, I get home, and a cousin of mine that I had referenced earlier in the evening at dinner that's from my mother's side of the family. Mm. She says to me, hey, cuz. She goes, do you know a guy, blah, blah, blah? And I went, what? I says, I was just at his wake. She goes, oh, well, so was her fiance. And I went, well, I didn't see him there. She goes, well, he got there after you and he heard somebody mention your name. Mm. And he apparently went to grammar school with the deceased and Phil. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And and I knew that person too. Isn't that amazing? So he's engaged to Riri, Nikki's youngest younger sister. There's no way. Yeah, I see. Wait, what do you mean engaged? Engaged? Like betrothed? Well, like Yeah, like well, he's my age. So is she. Shouldn't Shouldn't they know better at this point? Uh, you know, <laughs> They're going to watch. I mean, I wish them the best of luck. Please, I know both of them. I haven't seen uh, your cousin in a very long time. A yeah. Spectacular Amazing. young Amazing, lady. isn't it? It's, I mean, but wow, I, no kidding. Yeah, it just went on and on and on. And I got to say you, this. You know what? I? You know what? Let me yeah. interrupt, please. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, before I forget, because I'm 100, what I know about her fiance who was there, mm -hmm. a tremendous I was in awe of him because he could play the drums yes. in grammar school. Professional drummer. He is? Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody's business. I think he's with headliners at the Stone Pony and whatnot. Are you yeah. serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh man. We got to get together he's now. He's played with Springsteen and all that, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is that something that he was amazing in sixth, seventh grade? 
Wow, wow, wow. that's clearly his his thing, right? Yeah. Wow. See, I admire guys like that, John, who who have a talent and a passion, and they and they you know they know what they like and they go for it. Right. I'm still looking for something that I could do well. I mean, at at some point, something's going to hit me, right? I cut no, you off, though. Go ahead. Tell you didn't cut me off. Yeah. I kind of did. Okay. Did you forget? No, I cut everybody off, and I'm sorry. You know what? It's, it's I don't do it maliciously. Two things. I know that at this advanced stage in life, mm. I'll salute like an old larva. Um, I'll forget. Yeah. And I have excitement about what I want to deliver. Yeah. So it's never ever maliciously. Okay. Um, I've been around a bunch of people who used to cut people off maliciously. Mm. I used to work with a few of those. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. See, I knew it. I'm yeah, sorry. Well, no, no, it's I, not a big deal. It just because I knew I was going to forget. This is what happens when you have two guys in you their 60s. It's like if we had a thousand-piece puzzle on this table right now. Yeah. You, you, you have a piece in your hand. You see it's going to go over there, but it's not your turn, and then you kind of forget where it goes. Yeah. It's, it'll come back. It'll eventually get – the puzzle piece will get put into the puzzle. If we had a thousand I, piece – I've got it. I've right. got it. <laughs> I was going to say to the viewing audience – Okay. There are times, many times in my life, when I don't want to do something. I don't want to do something. I took guitar lessons for decades and decades. Jumped in and out, in and out, in and out. Nothing more than a home hack. I just never committed myself. But when I really didn't want to go to lessons, and I was bitching and, and pissing about it, I would show up, and all of a sudden, the song that was eluding me for months... Clapton Cigna, all of a sudden, boom, ba, boom, 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 it's all there from the beginning mm. to the end. I never miss a beat, never miss a note, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I showed up today. Or when I was playing men's league hockey and the games would start at oh. midnight on a Tuesday, and you know, and I was on call for Pete's surgery, it was either, well, you, you drop hockey forever or you just try to make it happen. Yeah. So those nights when I didn't want to go and I'm on the couch taking a nap because I'm dragging my ass yeah. and I'm exhausted. And I, you know, my daughter would say, Dad, why do you play if you don't go? Mm. Okay, so my eight-year-old just called me out. Okay, all right, I go. We win and I score four goals. Mm. YKK Zippers. <laughs> the original team. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that because for 30 years I had to be at work. I used to get up for work no later than 3 o'clock a.m. So I'd be on the ice when I played adult league or attempted to play adult yeah. league. Right. Ask me how many goals I scored. That would be zero. Uh, I knocked a few people out, though, I'll tell you that. Um, so... I would be on the ice waiting for a face-off, and in the corner of one rink, the f clock would be right there, and it'd say, like, 115. I'd be like, how the hell am I going to do this? So you played before you went to work. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Do you remember they built that quad in Hackensack? Oh, yeah. The four-rink? Uh, um, no. Ice House? Ice House. Ice House. All right, in Hackensack. While they were building that, I was playing adult hockey, and, yeah, and I was – Calling, emailing, writing letters, and visiting the the general manager of the place, asking him before it was even up, please, you have to make adult hockey at some decent time. You'll have so many teams. Yeah. Imagine how many fathers there are and mothers, if there's a few moms that yeah, play. Right. 
that just can't play because of the you know the craziness of hockey. You're right. You know, and I always had the same. Thoughts. And he blew me off. Well, that's because they have contracts with leagues. Yeah. And they've got the school kids that can't be on the ice at one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. So screw you, old man. Old timer, yeah. yeah. But you know, like, but they, did your kids come watch you play? I mean, if you had an earlier uh, game. A couple times, oh. and you know what? I did. I made the mistake. The only time my father and mother and my three kids and my ex came, well, she was my wife at the time, they yeah. came to see me play, we were like, you know, almost neck and neck for first place in the league. And don't ask me what I thought I was doing, but I was in my mid-40s, and I cut four large trees down that day in my yard <laughs> by hand with a bow saw, an axe, and a 5,000-pound come-along. Oh, yeah. And I figured, oh, this is going to loose me up. Time for game time? Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. move. And at the end of the game, on the way home in the car, my son goes, Dad, he goes, you would have won if, if you guys just, he goes, you just, you, you just got to do everything faster. <laughs> <laughs> People have been saying that to I me my whole that. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Wow, that's funny. You know, I took it, you know, I didn't take high school sports serious, all right, because I was just an average athlete. But I took adult hockey, and I played uh, football, uh, flag football, adult league for a couple of years. But I, my whole game, my whole day was planned around that night game. Yeah. Work, whether I worked out or not, where I slept. I used to go to the track at 285 pounds, and I used to do sprints just to get ready for the game because – when it meant nothing in real life, that's when I started turning it up. That's when I, you know, talking well, about a late bloomer. You didn't expunge it from your system. When yeah. I was a kid, I think I was like 10, and I guess, I don't know how old my dad was. Well, my dad was bigger and stronger than everybody else yeah. in the damn town. And I'd say to him, hey, Dad, you know, how come you don't play on the men's softball team? You know, and he'd say, yeah. he'd say look, yeah, you know, you got to understand something. He goes, when you play for Georgia University... And you got a full scholarship. Mm. The Giants are, are looking to draft you. He says the local men's softball league slow pitch on a Sunday doesn't cut it. Says, it just, yeah. What's the point? He says, Do you understand? And I went, Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I thought like he was the secret weapon. He would clobber everybody. Yeah. Home runs left and right. He probably know? would have. Well, I mean, look. Yeah. And With one hand. Talk about a gifted son of a gun. And his brother apparently used to tell me because my brother was. More capable than him. Wow. My, brother, my, my father's brother, Uncle Pat, who was six foot five, apparently, they were both stable boys in Newark. They, they would take care of the horses in the stables. Wow. And my uncle was a trick horse rider. He would do those things you'd see on the old black and white westerns where they would ride and they would like jump off and hit the ground with their feet and pop and spin and end up on the other side. Are you serious? Yeah. My At uncle, six five? Yeah. My uncle, my uncle, yeah, they were gifted athletes. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's when you realize, John, I mean, so many, you know, being a realist, and we've had this discussion about youth sports before, you know, I kind of, when my kids, my, my son played hockey, he played all sports, but when he played hockey, I mean, you do live vicariously to an extent, yeah. you know? I told my son, you're never out on that ice alone. I'm always right next to you. Because you know what? When he would, like, go to hit somebody, if you were standing next to me, I'd be like this. <laughs> you know, you just feel it. Yeah. But you have to be a realist that, yeah. hey, what's that? Where's Bones today? Where's Bones? Well, I mean, I just noticed that his foot 
I'm looking. I'm talking to you, and I'm. I see. I'm looking on the screen, and uh, I see this well, big you leg. Didn't do a countdown, but it's okay. Yeah. You want to do a countdown, then we'll talk about. Oh, okay. well, okay. We've we've been neglecting our countdown. Go ahead. Do you know? count. Well, we just went right in. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Jersey Alchemist, and I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. And there is a, conspic a conspicuous absence of. Uh, Springfield Bones. He was celebrity chef Springfield Bones, but like we said last week, yeah, we're right in the middle of Shark Week. Oh, well, where do you think he is? He's down the shore. He, yeah. said to, he said to me at the end of last week, he says, "Look, don't expect me in the studio. It's Shark Week. Remember what I told you about Grandma Boniva bon getting Eva. attacked by a shark? So I think he went. I think she got attacked in Belmar, and that's where he is. He's on the beach, Belmar, New Jersey." And hopping around, obviously. Well, you know, I guess he is. He took his crutches with him, but he said, hey, he goes, I don't trust you guys. He goes, I gotta, I gotta leave this here, keep my foot in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's funny. That's <laughs> funny. I mean, I, and I'm sorry to just cut it off like this, but I mean, I was talking to you and I see on the screen, I'm like, wait a minute, that's a, I know Bones wasn't here. I wasn't sure why, but I'm like, that's his leg. How could the man travel without his leg? I think, well, he wants to keep his foot in the door, but think of it this way. Yeah. Right? One less leg to get bit by a shark down on Belmar. Wow. Right. I wonder if, does he float or does he sink? Mm, I think he's just going to be hanging, you know, knee deep, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> knee deep. Oh, boy, what'd you read? Uh, watch an old Abbott and Costello movie last, uh, last one, one night? One knee deep. One knee deep. Wow, that's true. But, you know, John, it's funny how you take uh, sports and uh, your kids. I mean, and go full circle. I mean, how we started this conversation. It's a small world. It's a small world. Going right? to Disney. We talk about, right, it, even with Bones, we talk about Shark Week. We yeah. talk about the, the great Matawan shark attack that they know all over the world. Yeah. And whose grandmother was killed in a shark attack off the Jersey Shore? Bones' grandmother, Boniva. I mean, who would have guessed? Um, no. John, I'm telling you, I, and like we discussed it um, last night at dinner with Tony Ann, um, you know, I don't know if it's a Jersey thing. We're so densely populated, but there's a little piece of Jersey everywhere you go. And then you told that great story about Montreal, about um, meeting somebody in Montreal who... Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, 420 miles north. How is that in possible? Montreal, in a different town, when I li lived there, when I was a fellow at McGill University for pediatric surgery, I needed to find a barber. And I walked into the Cofure, Cofure by Gino, <laughs> in the lobby of Ruby Foo's uh, hotel, because my parents were up visiting. And I stuck my head in the door. I said, let me see what this, you know, Cofure by Gino is all about. It's in my book. It's in the chapter, Montreal, the city of my heart. Montreal came at me every which way from Sunday. Is that how they say it? Mm. Everything about being in Montreal was like, not just like reminiscent or um, deja vu, but actually all these years later that I haven't been in Montreal, mm. I'm convinced that I actually simultaneously live another life and another dimension in the in the city that is Montreal. So I walk and I say to the guy, hey, I says, hey, how are you? Are you Gino? Yes, I'm, I'm a Gino, Italian accent. Mm. Told him I needed a haircut. Gave me a suspicious look, you know. All right, fine. I says, I'll take your card, I'll call you up. Okay. I got to know the guy, great barber. Turns out 
He was cousins with my first best friend from Bloomfield, New Jersey, when I was four years old. Same last name, just a different, instead of having an O at the last name, it's an A. He said the family, and he knew exactly what they did for a living. They owned a fish market. And he said the people that came over, some stayed in New York, others went on to Jersey, and some came up to Montreal. Wow. He and I both were flabbergasted. So it is a small world, but I think that speaks to a bigger, bigger world where we are connected spiritually and energetically, and uh, it's it's above and beyond the physicality. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, if that means that, so you're saying like everybody in the human race is connected? Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. Yeah, sure. Because yeah, all right, so it's not just our ethnicity. You know, because we do connect, you, everybody connects with their ethnicity, but it just yeah. seems, I, I thought maybe it was an Italian thing, all right? You know, Italians, oh yeah, that's my cousin's cousin's third uh, sister, and I mean. Well, I can, I have a, a notion about why that's true. Okay. For Italians that are either in Brooklyn or Trenton or, or anywhere else in Jersey, Newark, Lodi. Mm. Lodi is like the mob capital of New Jersey. People don't know that, but I just gave If away. there was such a thing as the mob. <laughs> if there was such a thing. yeah. yeah. And of course, I will always use that disclaimer. Were in my family at yeah, all? At all? Right. Yes. Yes. But um, I found that um, the military is full of Irish, English, um, what the Italians would say, the Medigans. The that's kind of a slur for the Americans, the Americans, the, mm-hmm. the Medigans. They're much more likely to leave the Iowa cornfield and to and to enlist. In the military. So you have lots of Polish and Irish and English and this one and that one in the military. You got your Italians too. There was a big, big, big Italian American presence in World War II and 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 since then, absolutely. And my own grandfather was a um, a Purple Heart uh, recipient from World War One, my mother's father. I have that medal. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But but by and large. New Jersey reminds me of the town of Nutley. Dum, da dum, dum. Here it comes. Oh, boy. Nutley is chock full of Italian Americans, at least in my experience over the last 60 years. Before that, it wasn't true, and it was pretty much waspy. As a matter of fact, the great uh, crack sharpshooter female Annie Oakley. Where was she born? In Texas? Bah! In California, no. New Mexico, Arizona, no. no. Minnesota, no. where? Nutley, New Jersey. There's the Oakley House right across from the police station. Oh, yeah. And you know who knew that? I was engaging Frank Stallone on Instagram. And Did I he really? Yeah, and I mentioned that, and he answered me. He goes, yeah, that's right. He goes, oh, yeah. He gave me the whole dissertation because he's a, he's a gun guy. And okay, so who else? There's a... Uh, the point is, Italian-Americans oh. are so... Um, intertwined? No, they're intertwined, but they're much more reluctant to leave the family enclave. Now, that being said, my dear cousins on my mother's side, there were three sons, and the oldest one went to Texas. Like, mm. I don't want to... Uh, 50 years ago? 40 years ago? Yeah. And that's where he lives. But the other two I, I see every week now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And well, I haven't seen him in, I don't know, forever. Like 30 years at least. So Nutley, 
supposedly Robert Blake was uh, from Nutley. Apparently. Yeah, you heard that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got one for you. What? Chief J. Strongbow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I forgot his real name. His real name is like Nunzio Anvilotti or something. I don't know. Chief J. Strongbow. Yeah. Right. All right. One, two, three. The 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. that's our claim to fame. And there's one more. Who the hell Where is it? Where was Lou Albano from? Was he a New Yorker? I don't know. Lou Albano. That was hysterical. I just keep seeing him with Cindy Lauper. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Lou Albano but, was But, you funny. know, people don't leave Nutley. No. You're born and raised in Nutley, and no. I'll be damned, you're going to be coming back to Nutley. It's, well, like, it's like an iron filing and a magnet. Well, I, well I have to ask you something, because yeah. there I have friends who, and I'll tell you what, I have a brother, but he's a little more adventurous. But I have a friend, a couple friends, they are in the town that I met them in, 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 in New Jersey, and they will not leave that freaking town. Same town? Oh, yeah. One's in Bloomfield. Oh, okay. Uh, well, one like one's in Lodi, okay. Lodi's a completely different. But color. you know, to to see these guys, well, you have to go to them because you know they don't. I mean, there's some kind of invisible wall mm-hmm. that surrounds the towns because yeah. they're like, oh yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. And you know, John, as you get older, you know these habits. Like now, they're definitely not coming. Like they wouldn't come there when they were 30s, 40s, 50s. Now in their 60s, you for ready to call them out. No, no. That's why. That's why I didn't say their names. Know, you know. That's why, yeah. That's why I didn't say their names. But uh, there's, they're, they're like, forget about it. They just won't move. Right. You know. That's it. You know. If you don't come to them, they ain't seeing you. Ain't seeing them. No, no, now, no, wh- do you have any friends like that? Well, I and I even have a relative, a couple relatives like that too. Yeah. No, I do. But you know, I think a lot of people probably think that I'm that guy. You know, because I missed a lot of invites and a lot of family parties, but it wasn't because I didn't want to, well. you know, drive past the, uh, the, the 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 city limits with my car. It was always you had it, bills to you pay. Know, well, it, <laughs> you had to work. Well, I had to work, and and, and nobody really understood that what I did was um, balls to the wall. It was twenty four seven. Sometimes it was twenty twenty one calls in a month, mm. and I was constantly. I lived decades like a gunslinger with my finger inside the trigger guard finger on the trigger because i never knew which way i was going to get hit it was here comes the newborn with gastroschisis all of its its intestines hanging out right Mm. from the womb here comes a kid whose septic and has got a bowel perforation and has got six operations before from another hospital. Oh, and boy. nobody wants to own up to that kid, so they say, oh, hey, hey Gallucci's down so-and-so. Oh, yeah. he'll do this. He's yeah. good. Boom. I got all the transfers mm. and all of the elective cases. And it was nonstop hilarity mm. for, I don't know, like, you know, I was in attending for 25 years. But... Talk about tunnel vision, uh, John. Yeah, I just... So, life... I, you know, we talk about being in service to yourself or being in service to others. Mm. Oh, I've been in service to others my entire life. Um, and to do that, to do it correctly, it takes its toll on you and uh, you forfeit your life. So I used to read stories about, you know, Jesus and the, and the New Testament saying, can you you know, oh, let me go with you. Let me go with you, my Lord, you know, or, or take me with you or I'll go with you uh, yeah. into the, into the, um, to Herod's, uh, you know, guards are going to arrest you. I'll go or, or I'll go with you and uh, to the crucifixion. And he'd look and say, 
you really think you can drink my cup? Right? And so if you want to follow hmm. the leader, and for me the leader is Jesus Christ with the Christ consciousness, if you want to follow the leader and take up the cross, I'm not saying anybody has to do that. But me, I, I really tried. And of course, we're mere mortals, so you know the old expression is true. Uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hmm. I did my best, but I frequently failed. But when you take up the cross, you get what Jesus got. You get crucified, you get uh, persecuted, you get ridiculed, you get scoffed at. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm far from it. How many F-bombs have I racked up on this podcast? Too many. But um, if you think you want to be in service to others and really be serious about it, you have to be willing to do it and to give your life. You know, it's funny, John, because I always, you know, we've all been through tough times in our life. And, uh, you know, so if I meet somebody, I won't say a guy down on his luck, but if somebody's going through a tough time, you know, that Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, pal. Um, But, you know, I'll always be there for them. And a lot of times, you know, I give my phone number out and I'm like, hey, listen, you call me. I mean, this is not even close to the level you're talking about. But, you know, but you know, I'm giving my, my number out. Hey, listen, call me. But there comes a time when, you know, like the same person is calling you like 17 times in two days where you're like, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. right. You know, so either you're going to kind of held me back from offering to help as many people as I used to mm-hmm. on a personal basis yeah. because I'm like, I, I, this is just going to lead to some guy calling me at 11. Why, why aren't you picking up? You, you know, overwhelmed. Yeah. Soon yeah. Over. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. crazy. I mean, you can only do so much. I mean, right. You know, I've always said that about you, uh, dealing with that pressure that you dealt with all those years. That's pretty impressive. You want to hear something interesting? I'd love to. Um, I was told by a certain Swami. Mm. Who? Well, let's wait a minute now. Mm. Go ahead. Where is this certain Swami? You know, I know there used to be somebody around. What are we talking about? About being overwhelmed. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I like how you came to her defense real oh, quick. It's the truth. It is. I was just saying, I, I, I miss her. I don't see her anymore. You know I thought something was hanging out of my mouth. It's a white blotch on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, that just shows the reality show. Right. But uh, go ahead, John. You were yeah, talking about. So oh. she, she told me a long time ago, um, your life is going to be in service to people who um, need a, uh, a listening ear and a, a kind, helpful heart. She says, and that's going to be beyond the surgical care of preemies, babies, and children. And I was like, what? Mm. What do you mean? She goes, no. She goes, you're going to be intervening for and helping people with substance abuse, people who have, like, suicidal ideation. And I was like, what? Come on. So I says, all right, okay. She had never been wrong about anything else. So I, I... I buy the house that I presently live in, mm-hmm. and I got a landline. You know, this was, you know, 12 a years A landline? Wow. Well, I had a cell phone and a landline yeah. because the, the 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 cable company convinced me to get the triple play. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I, that was I, big I, back I, then. I fell for it, right? So I would say two or three times a day, the phone would ring. All random numbers. And I would, like, jump up and grab the phone expecting that it was like some relative because mm. they were still all alive at that time and they'd be like yeah hey is this um 
is this Harmony House? <laughs> and wow. I'd be like, what? What's Harmony House? Well, you know, I, I haven't been around in, in a while, and, you know, I think I need to come back in. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, sir, what is Harmony House? Because I'm listening to you. This isn't Harmony House, it's a private line. He goes, oh, he goes, this is a, uh, Harmony House is a uh, drug and substance abuse counseling center. Wow. I was like, what? And every time I answered that phone, it was someone just like that, men and women, adults, mm. looking for substance abuse counseling. Mm. How, how's that for crazy? That is amazing. Isn't it? Well, I'll tell you I mean, what. Isn't that nuts, right? If you, but I'll tell you what, John. Talk about an honorable thing to do to help people that need, uh, knowing people that have been that have fought addictions. I mean, right. they need somebody to talk to. And sometimes all they need is somebody to talk to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to. I won't say circle back because that, okay. that expression makes me nauseous. Yeah. Okay. That, that's been destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. Just like the word deplorable has been destroyed oh, in my mind. Um, you had made reference to not functioning at a certain level. Well, mm -hmm. I wasn't at that level or this or that. Mm -hmm. I just want to say something to the viewers. Okay? okay. If you're here in service to others, then God bless you. Okay. Um, try to take stock of yourself and find out whether everything you do is geared toward, you know, peel, peel your own onion. And if everything that you find in the inner layers, all the way down to the core of the onion, shows you that you're here in service to yourself, why do you want to do all this bullshit all over again? You have a right to, to live your life. And if it's in service of yourself, fine it's okay but take stock of yourself and if you want to be here and not have to pass this way again you will be in service to others and it doesn't matter at what level of service you do is is a pediatric general and thoracic surgeon at a higher level than uh, a blessed school teacher who has a positive effect over their lifespan on thousands of people? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is an Uber driver with a kind heart and a listening ear, is that person any less than the blessed school teacher or the videographer that makes wonderful, uplifting videos for people to be educated and elevated by? No, I think that we're all, I think we're all progenitors of the light. And it doesn't matter. I think levels don't mean anything. It's just be a progenitor and a purveyor of the light. And don't be uh, an energy vampire where you're sucking life out of the system. Those are the people who are here in service to themselves, i.e. your elected officials or your unelected officials that are posing as elected officials or uh, global corporate leaders or people who make up institutions that don't exist, like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, who's gonna to try to tell us all how to take a shit. But really? They're all in service to themselves. Don't be that person. John, that was almost like an alchemization. It was. 
right. Would you like to alchemize a little bit further? I mean, for this episode, I really enjoyed this episode. I think. I mean, I enjoy them all. Looking back at the whole episode from ties that bind, even mm. if you can't see them, right? That we're all connected. So if you uh, see, what happens is this there's one central God source of energy in the universe, and it's everywhere, and it's magnanimous, and it's creative, and it's expansive, and it's loving, and it's healing. It is the light of the Creator. And for some reason, beyond my mortal mind, that Creator decides that it's going to fractalize, kind of like if you threw a glass bottle against a brick wall, except each one of those little fractals of glass or spicules of glass is not really a fractal because a fractal is just a tiny, complete whole piece of the greater, larger entity that divided itself. So we have God within us. We have the universe within us and we are also in the universe. And so what does all this mean? It means that if you trace our fractalization all the way back up the arborization, all the way to the trunk of the tree, we're all from the same energetic, loving God source. Except for certain people who maybe, I still wrestle with that, certain people maybe are not from the same God source. I don't know the answer to that. You know, the, there, there's a notion that we're all from the same God source because it's, there's only one creative force and some choose to take this path and others take that path and they have their own reality which is why right now in the world and specifically in the United States um, you know the left fights the right and the right fights the left and the politicians use this on purpose to keep us all divided so the end notion here to leave us with a positive loving thought about our oneness and about the ties that bind is that we are all from the same living God source. Recognize that in each other. And that old saying, Namaste, means the higher self in me. Acknowledges and honors the higher self in you. And maybe our next episode will do the higher self. So I mm -hmm. would say, recognize people that the differences that this world creates in the third dimension stays in the third dimension. And yes, there are many dimensions, and when you move beyond that, you get closer and closer and closer to the oneness of the Creator. Amen. Wow, brother. that was awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you for this episode. Yeah, it was fun. People, if you like what we're doing, press follow, like. Subscribe. Share. You've got to help us fight the platform. Oh, yeah. Because the platform is killing us. You know that? We were in five international countries with our viewership skyrocketing, and then one day... It just went, and now it's been almost four weeks, and we don't have a single added international view. How's that possible? The answer is it's not. The platform is screwing us because they don't like what we have to say. We're here to spread God's love and light. Uh, even if we get testy, even if a couple of F-bombs slip out of Gallucci's mouth, that's why we're here. We're not here to screw you or to manipulate you or to ask you for money. But guess what? The platform isn't making any money off of us. And they don't like our message because we are not monetized. That means they have no use for us. Mm -hmm. We ain't going away.
Jersey Alchemist. Till next time. See you, people. God bless. Tony Ann, we're watching you. God bless. The platform hates that. God bless.